1: Welcome to Cash Considerations, the Chicago Bulls podcast. We're part of the Blue Wire Network. I'm Ricky O'Donnell, as always. I'm here with Jason Pat. And, Jason, this is the last podcast of the 2021 2022 season. The Bulls eliminated from the NBA playoffs tonight, We've seen to 105 to the Milwaukee Bucks in game five of their first round series. It didn't really seem that close. This game was pretty much over from the opening minutes. Giannis and Dedekumpo just plowing through the Bulls, time and time again, as he did throughout this series. I just saw a stat float by on Twitter that Giannis was, like, plus 87 in this series, which is the highest of any player in the first round. Uh, While this series was about more than Giannis, I think that Giannis really just, like, led the way for the bucks there's no doubt about that. He created all the open looks that buck shooters knocked down and tonight was really no exception. The bulls once again another poor shooting night from 3. Well they took 52. They did knock down 15, but they shot 28% from 3. The bucks meanwhile 39%, 14 to 36. Uh, the buck shooters really came to play throughout this series. Giannis I thought was great you could really tell the improvements he's made as a passer and he's gonna need that against an extremely tough Boston defense in the next round ultimately Jace I think this was a pretty fun year we can go into uh you know where it all went wrong the Bulls certainly need to add some size over the offseason they certainly need to add some shooting and I think the bench in general needs to be turned over but you got to think about where the Bulls came from entering this season adding DeMar DeRozan, Alex Caruso, Lonzo Ball. Uh, Those are major additions that help the future of Bulls basketball look a lot brighter than the recent past. So I'm having a hard time being too upset about this game, about this loss. Uh, Not much the Bulls are going to be able to do tonight without Zach Levine, without Alex Caruso, without Lonzo Ball, who all missed the game with either injury or illness. The Bucks were always going to be an extremely difficult test for the Bulls, even if they were somehow at full strength, which they really haven't been the entire season. I think you go into this offseason and, uh, you know, you hope you can add some more size, some more shooting to the bench. But as it stands, pretty fun Bulls season. And I'm not too bummed about this loss, even though they basically did go out pretty sad in this one.
2: Yeah, I mean, we've coming into this game, totally expect to lose uh again zach going into health and safety protocols for a third time in the last two seasons just brutal luck obviously just a really tough way season way for the season to go for zach levine heading into free agency shouldn't really affect his free agency that much i wouldn't think he's still gonna get paid a whole lot of money probably a max deal everyone mostly assuming he'll be back with the bulls but to go into health and, one more just like Nail the call for him with the with the health and safety protocols really tough. Caruso getting elbowed in the face, he's out. So yeah, you're missing three of your top guys against a Bucks team that's been rolling, and there was no chance for the Bulls in this game. Uh, and, they, and they were they were down what 16 after the first quarter. It was 29 early in the second quarter. The Bulls did not totally roll over. They got it back to I think 11 at one point there in the third. Uh, and then obviously the Bucs just kind of kept them at arm's length the rest of the way and cruised to a win. So, yeah, I mean, really no reason to be mad about this. There was, the Bulls had no chance coming into this game, especially after what I'm definitely more disappointed about what happened in Chicago when you get blown out in your home court a couple of times tonight. Uh, it is what it was. They were never going to win. I just didn't want them to lose by 30. They got down by 30, but uh, they kept it close uh, in. And this game, tonight's game was definitely just kind of more of what we've seen. Bucks crowding DeMar DeRozan, letting everybody else launch threes. And as you mentioned, franchise record 52 attempts and a whole lot of bricks. While they made 15, that's only that's 29%. I mean, just how many times did we see uh, open three pointer from Troy Brown, Derek Jones, Javante was 0 for 5, Io 1 for 4. Vooch, 3 for 9. Kobe, 4 of 13. Probably Kobe White's last game in a Bulls uniform, I would guess, at this point, as we talked about. They just need to – they really do need to shuffle around uh, a lot outside of this core. Um, The just just don't have the shooting. We saw it was a huge difference all series. The Bucs, other guys – could make it rain from three. The Bulls other guys didn't. Really, the only guy who shot well today was Patrick Williams, nine of thirteen. He had twenty-three points. If we're looking for uh, anything, if we're looking for anything good here, it's Patrick Williams had twenty-three points. Second pretty good shooting game in a row. Uh, so I, it was a weird game for Pat because he literally like didn't do anything else. He got his last rebound, uh, or his first one and only rebound with like la- in the last minute, and he got put back dunk on it. But he got torched by Giannis. He had four turnovers, but uh pat at least hitting some open shots was nice and pat's going to be a huge part of uh if the bulls are going to be able to take any steps moving forward they're going to need him to be better they're needing to be good when teams actually pay attention to him because uh the bucks just didn't really care about him he had open shots and he, it was nice to see him hit those shots uh but him taking a step is going to be huge they're going to have to rebuild the bench we'll see what they do with vooch we assume zach is coming back uh tomorrow probably be back and i, I just do a shout out to Demar. i know he, I feel like DeMar is going to take some more heat for a, not a great playoff series. But, I mean, for the love of God, he, the Bucs were crowding him three, four guys every time he touched the ball. He had absolutely no chance in this series, especially today without Zach. He just absolutely no, nothing for him there. DeMar DeRozan's had an absolutely awesome fucking season. It was a joy to watch him. He had that historic run back around the All-Star break. So. Shout out to Demar Derozan for an awesome season, one of the best, better bull seasons, uh, individual bull seasons we've seen in a long time. Uh, so shout out to him. I'm not going to get too hard, be too harsh on him for this playoff, this playoff run here. I know he wasn't very good, but like I said, really tough for him with the way the Bucks play defense, the way they defended him. So, yeah. All in all, I mean, obviously we've had a lot of bad Bulls basketball here in the f- past four years. They did take a step forward. It is kind of a weird step forward because the way the season ended with all these injuries, with Zach playing hurt, with Lonzo being out, with Crusoe missing all this time, with Pat barely playing. Uh, they ended the season, they were 39-21, and 21, they ended 46-36, and 36, and then they lose in five games here. A lot of blowouts here to close the season, a lot of blowouts at home, which is disappointing. So successful season, they took a step forward, but now – uh even you know, they did the, they take these steps to get to this point it's going it, to getting to the next point will be difficult i mentioned pat uh needing to take a step well they'll need to retool the roster we'll see if they trade vooch i think they should look into trading him to shake things up here but if they don't they'll need some internal development io as well io had a really fun season even though he kind of tapered off at the end and they'll just need to n- nail the stuff on the margins. Uh, because a lot of that, the, like the back half of the roster stuff, just not turn out well for them. So uh, it'll be really interesting. It's good to be not just a complete fucking joke like they have been the last four years. Back in the playoffs, first time in a while. Now the front office is gonna have a lot of work to do because we see how just how far that they are. I know they weren't healthy really, but I mean the Bucks didn't have Chris Middleton these last three games, and they still destroy them. The Bulls are not not close to the Bucks. The Heat looked great. The Sixers, they still have Joel Embiid. The Bulls never beat them. The Celtics are awesome. There's obviously other good teams in the East as well. So it's still going to take a lot of work for the Bulls to come back, but
1: it's better to be here than, they, than where they've been the last few years. For sure. I understand anyone who's feeling upset at the end of the season. Certainly the Bulls did look like they had some hope in this series after an awesome Game 2 victory where DeMar went off, the shooters hit shots. Middleton gets hurt. Don't forget Bobby Portis was also out for the majority of that game with an eye injury. That's why he was wearing goggles the rest of the series. So we did get some false hope, and then the Bucks just stomped the life out of the Bulls in Game 3 and Game 4 in Chicago. That was certainly disappointing. And, Jason, I think most people who follow us, who have listened to this podcast, who, you know, read our work, follow us on Twitter, they should know that we are typically hypercritical. Of the <laughs> we called this podcast Cash Considerations because we were so fed up with ownership, with management of this franchise. And for the first, what, three, four years of this podcast, Jason, we watched an unbelievable amount of dog shit basketball. Yeah. So that's why I'm not getting too upset about how this season ended today. Because you have to realize how bare the cupboard was when Arturis Karnaschovas and Mark Eversley took over for Garpax and uh started to lead this franchise every bulls draft pick post jimmy butler made by gar did not help the team win at all they're pretty much all busts at least for this organization wendell carter looked pretty good this year with the magic of course the magic were still horrible too so the bulls had nothing in the cupboard when karnaschovas took over the franchise He had two options, Jason. He was either going to trade Zach Levine, burn it all down, and hope for better lottery luck or better performance in the draft over the next three, four years. That would have required the next three, four years to look a lot like the last four years when the Bulls won the least amount of games in the NBA over the last four seasons. I personally think life is too short for that. There's no guarantees that that would work. You can get the first or second pick and you can still come away with someone like Anthony Bennett uh, or, you know, even a good player like R.J. Barrett, who's not going to change the course of your franchise. He was the number three overall pick a couple of years ago. So instead, what the Bulls did is they invested in Zach Levine. They went out, they got DeMar DeRozan. They traded future first round picks in 2021, 2023, and 2025 to put together this roster. It is certainly disappointing that the Bulls still have that 2023 draft pick out. And it sucks that, you know, DeMar was coming here anyway, and they still had to surrender a top eight protected 2025 first round pick. I do not think the front office is. Perfect by any means, or they haven't been so far. The Daniel Gafford trade looks bad in hindsight. Man, would it be nice to have Larry Nance on this roster instead of that Blazers first round pick and Derek Jones if that offer was ever on the table, which it should have been just given the construction of the deal. But I think in general, the front office did a pretty good job. I think in general, the coaching staff did a pretty good job this year with Billy Donovan, Mo Cheeks on the bench, still Chris Fleming. Uh, Coaching staff, not perfect. I can you know, have some qualms about what they did in the second half of the season. But more or less, they did pretty good. And the players, I think, generally exceeded expectations. DeMar DeRozan's deal was hailed as the worst in the NBA when he signed it. There are so many podcasts from after DeRozan signed that deal, just absolutely ripping the bulls, ripping DeRozan. Well, DeRozan made all of his critics eat their words. Uh, Throughout this season, he was a legitimate, uh, let's say, Uh, I was going to say top 10 NBA MVP candidate. Let's just say he's in the conversation for an all NBA spot. I think he'll probably get an all NBA spot this year. So DeRozan was phenomenal. Uh, Probably the best season of his career at age 32. He's got two more years left on the deal. I have faith in DeMar to still be a productive leading member of this team over the next two years. Zach Levine hopefully will be resigned. Lonzo Ball will hopefully get healthy. Alex Caruso will hopefully figure out a way to play 30 minutes a game without injuring himself constantly. <laughs> There's definitely questions facing the roster, but in general, pretty fun season. And I fully agree with your analysis, Jason, that the next step is going to be the hardest step. Like the Bulls built themselves into the number six seed in the East by trading three future first-round draft picks. Well, now they can't really trade – three more future first round draft picks. I guess they could technically trade 2027. 20, they could technically trade their number 18 overall first round pick this year. After they make the selection, they can essentially yep. make it for someone else and then deal it. But you know, they're not loaded with future picks anymore because they traded all. Of them. So taking the team from, let's say point C to point B is what they did this year. Now they need to get the team from point B to point A. How are the Bulls going to do that? It's probably going to require a superstar somewhere in the NBA choosing the Bulls, whether that's Nikola Jokic, hey, maybe Kevin Durant. It doesn't seem like the Nets are building towards much of anything either over there in Brooklyn. Uh, You know, there's always a lot of star movement in the NBA, and the Bulls' bet was that if they built a fun, exciting team, that hopefully that would appeal to future superstars who are looking to make a move and hopefully they would be able to land one of those guys so is it a perfect plan no of course not but you know what isn't a perfect plan either being dog shit pissing away seasons and praying for luck in the lottery or luck in the draft it was a tough spot the bulls were in throughout you know coming into this year and i think in general they uh they built a really fun exciting team that for a while jason for the first 70 percent of the season was in first place in the eastern conference and Uh, You know, we saw when Lonzo Ball and Alex Caruso were both on the floor together, the Bulls had the number 10 or number 11 defense in the NBA. Now, that goes back to January 1st, and even then, Caruso was out with COVID, I believe. He had a couple minor injuries uh, before Grayson Allen gooned him forever and knocked him out uh, for the majority of the second half. But I think that, you know, fun season, and we'll see what they can do from here. No easy answers, that's for certain, but – I feel good about the front office. I think that they know how to build a team that complements each other. I think getting Caruso in ball next to Levine, DeRozan, and Vucevic was really smart. Uh, I certainly think that they overpaid for Vuce. They made some mistakes on the margins, no doubt. But you've got to realize how bad this roster was that they inherited and how difficult it is to nail every single little thing that is required to, you know, build a team that can go deep in the playoffs. So the Bulls just getting to the playoffs, getting the sixth seed, and beyond that, looking like they really were a contender. Like, they they gave us a few, a few months of real hope. So that's pretty much all you can ask for, I think. In the end, they were too small. They were too bad at shooting. They were too injured for them to beat the defending champs, for them to match up with Giannis. They definitely have a long, long way to go, even if everyone can stay healthy. But in general, I'm feeling pretty decent about it. So thank you guys for joining us. If anyone wants to hop on stage, commiserate with us, we're going to treat this like a sports talk radio show. You can request a talk from Jason. We'll bring you on for a minute or so. Uh, You can say your comment, get out of here. So thank you guys for joining us. And, Jace, I'll let you take it from here.
2: Yeah, before we take any uh questions, whatever guy's calling up. I just wanted to follow up, just talking about how the position the bulls were in before. And you brought up just the draft stuff. Uh, just going back, that is really a huge reason why the bulls are in this. Just We're in such a bad spot. As you mentioned, going back to Jimmy Butler, since Jimmy, he's like the only, that's what 11 years, 10, 11 years ago, they drafted him. You go down the line, the bulls have not had like a pre, like legit guy that they've drafted since him. Like, they started the rebuild. They fucked up that first year where they should have tanked for Luka, and they ended up with Wendell, who was good. I mean, he's fine. Wendell's fine. He had a pretty nice year, as you mentioned, in Orlando. But, like, he's – I feel like nothing more than, like, an average center. Uh, I mean, I get, they got they got Zach in the Jimmy trap, but you got, you got Lowry in that draft, and Lowry also, just a guy. He's fine. You got Kobe White. He, he is just a guy. And then even going – and then back before that, all these years of just, like, no, not finding anybody in the draft – uh, to be much of anything for you. That's why Patrick Williams is huge. That's why they need him to be really good. Uh, and he, that's why he's going to be so important. Whether unless they want to trade him, or I think they're, I don't think they're going to trade Pat unless they they they're getting a, bringing a superstar in. And next season is going to be massive for him after missing all this time. Like so we saw some flashes again, but he's got a lot to do to really fill out his game and be an impact player uh yeah the draft has been brutal for them they blew the one tank here after they traded jimmy where they should have been going a lot for luca they end up in the whatever top seven three to four times and have had very little to show from it and that's how you end up in a situation where you're then you're chucking away draft picks to get this roster and the roster is much better and now like i said we'll have to go from figure out how to go from c to b now to go from b to a so we will see it'll be very interesting uh Let's see, we have a request. DeAndre here. Um, uh, Hold on one second here. What's up, DeAndre? What do you got for us tonight, man?
3: What's going on, man? Appreciate it. Now, I must say, this has been a good season for us. Surprising? Kind of. Because of the way how we play, especially down the stretch, which you can say is disappointing. But overall, it's encouraging compared to where we was after, the Jimmy Butler thing. And I agree wholeheartedly with everything you're saying too, Ricky. I I was just listening to you. Like, man. That is Ooh, what a season. <laughs> yeah.
2: I mean, thanks thanks a lot, DeAndre. Um Yeah, I mean definitely Definitely much better. I mean, the last the last four years were so bad. I mean, we I felt bad almost doing this podcast every week. Just like all we did was bitch, all we did was make fun of Jim Boylan and complain. And there was some, it was some really brutal stuff. And as Ricky mentioned, as we've said, the first half of this year, the Bulls were one of the best stories of the league. They were really fun. They were just totally zapped of their identity once they lost Lonzo and Caruso. Uh, Demar kept things going for a bit there. And then you get Zach's syndrome. I and Zach, we, so there was a story today out that obviously that Zach will probably need knee surgery. I think we all expected that. That, I mean, clearly, uh, not close to himself. Uh, this story, this story was from Cowley in the Sun Times that he's claiming that, uh, he was probably playing at like 50, 60%, as opposed to like 70%. I mean, it looked at, I mean, Zach, Zach was playing great bad. When the bulls were really rolling in like December, uh, Zach was playing all NBA level basketball. He was putting up almost 30 a game on super efficiency. Once that neat thing happened to Zach in mid January, I mean, the last half of the season just clearly wasn't there. You t- so you take that, you take Lonzo out, you take Crusoe for so much time. Their identity was so much, it was forcing turnovers, going the other way with fast breaks, dunking all over people. And then you have Zach and DeMar doing the scoring. They just totally lost that. Uh, They did what they could to try to make up for it. But obviously just in the second half of the season with so many tough games, they got smoked a lot. That was disappointing to see it. It was really ugly. The defense and then the offense fell apart too. And the offense was just awful in the series against the Bucs. The Bucs let them, were happy to let them fire away from three. The Bulls just had no shooters to make them pay. So like, when healthy, this core is pretty solid. Obviously, again, they need more help, need a lot more help. They still do probably need like an actual two-way superstar to, uh, to be an actual championship contender. But this core is pretty damn good when they're healthy. Uh, again, it's just a matter of getting
1: to the next level then. Yeah, and how do the Bulls really get to that championship contender level? Jace, the only way it's going to happen in today's NBA climate is if a superstar elsewhere in the league says, I want to come to Chicago. So, you know, that's what they're doing. Uh, I guess Patrick Williams could potentially develop into a superstar. I am not bullish on that. If Patrick Williams could become like Paul Millsap, I think that would be like an A-plus, massive win for the Bulls. He did show some stuff this year, certainly has a ton to prove in year three. He has not even proven himself to be an average NBA player yet, let alone the next Kawhi, as we heard so many times over last season. But Pat still represents some upside. Whether they decide to trade him is probably their most valuable trade piece or continue to develop him. Uh, the big question in the offseason is going to be Zach Levine, upcoming free agent. And I got the numbers pulled up in a recent article that was just published from Bobby Marks of ESPN laying out what a Zach Levine max contract would look like from the Bulls. Five years, $212 million. Starting off at 36.6 million in year one, 39.5 million in year two, 42.3 million in year three, 45.4 million in year four, and in the final year of the deal, 48.3 million for Zach Levine. That is a lot of money for a player who had injury concerns. Uh, you know, before he came to the Bulls and certainly this year in the second half, his play was diminished because he continued to power through and play through a busted knee. Mm-hmm. Levine turned 27 years old in March. I think there's a couple ways you can talk about the upcoming Zach Levine negotiation without sounding like an idiot. The first one is that we had the same debate with Zach. The last time he was a free agent, the Bulls gave him a four-year, $80 million contract, which a lot of people in this fan base did not want the team to give him, uh, maybe even including me and you. It's kind of hard to remember what my own opinions were back then, Jace, but it was certainly a hotly debated question of if the Bulls should give Zach uh, $80 million, right? He outplayed that contract basically immediately. This year, he was the 58th highest paid player in the league, and he... Was obviously much, much better than that. Was an all-star for the second year in a row. Almost an all-star starter. Could have flirted with all-NBA status if he would have stayed 100% healthy. It didn't happen. That will make the contract less expensive for the Bulls if they give it to him. Can the Bulls re-sign Levine on something less than a max? The deal that comes to mind would be the one Julius Randle signed last year with the Knicks coming off in all NBA season, which Zach has never had. Now, I don't think that Levine is going to be able to take that type of haircut for the Bulls. I hope he does. I think that his standing in the league is a little bit higher than Randle's, though. So seems very unlikely that he's going to take a discount to come back. There's not a lot of teams on the open market with max cap space and certainly $212 million is like literally an insane amount of money. So uh, Zach has earned the contract. I think that's the first thing you need to recognize. Did Zach earn the contract over the last four years? Now, can you have trepidation about how Zach will age on that contract after he signs it? For sure. I mean, I think he'll probably be worth it if he stays 100% healthy, but that is a ton of money. And no, he won't be one of the highest-paid players in the league right away off that contract, but he will be paid uh, in line with an all-star and in line with his production. So it's big money for Zach. They probably got to resign him. They could do a sign-and-trade, trade him for, I don't know, even trade him for, Brandon Ingram or Ben Simmons like that's probably what you're talking about in a sign and trade I think that Zach fits with DeMar very well he's a malleable star because he can bring shooting ability he can bring some off the dribble juice like for example if the Bulls would have built a team around let's say Jimmy Butler and DeMar Derozan, that team would not have had any shooting uh Not that the Bulls had any shooting this year, but, you know, the the fully healthy version of the Bulls. The pieces did fit together pretty well, in part because Levine's very good outside shooting allows him to play with a multitude of different star options. So if you're going to have DeMar here long term, he's at least here for the next two years. Uh, You know, hopefully there's another superstar in the future who wants to come to the Bulls, whether it's Jokic, whether it's Durant whether it's someone else, I think Levine fits well next to anyone. So that's a good reason to re-sign him. Uh, he put up some absolutely ridiculous scoring efficiency numbers the last two years. I think he deserves a lot of credit for willingly taking a step back and allowing DeMar to become the leading man in this team. So, yeah, it's a lot of money for Zach in this next contract. There's no doubt about that. I do think he's, he's earned it with his play. It is still fair to have some trepidation of how he will age on that deal, especially in the last couple of years. But, uh, you know, it is what it is, Jace. So that's the big question facing the Bulls this offseason.
2: Yeah, I mean, I've been team pay Zach Levine this entire time, and nothing has changed even with what's happened here. Even with this injury, I mentioned that report about from Kali claiming that the knee thing is like n- not seen as degenerative, not a long-term issue. I guess we'll see about that. Like I said, it sounds like he's going to get a scope. But as long as everything clears out with that, it is just like a, a, a normal scope. That he's, uh, it's not something that's going to be affect him long term. I mean, you never know what can happen. Injuries can happen to anybody. Uh, maybe it is a problem long term. But if for right now, if it gets cleared out, I, you pay him. And if you have to trade him down the line, I don't think it's going to be like a disaster or anything like that. Uh, apparently in that Bobby Marks article, he did bring up the possibility of like – Insurance like clauses in the contract where like if he doesn't play a certain amount of games because of a specific injury or something didn't did the six have the Sixers done that with Embiid I can't remember but I know there are times where you can put in like injury protections it sounds like Zach's current deal had that and from Mark's article it's he seems skeptical that maybe that he would go for that this time that he would want that full two hundred two hundred twelve million and if the Bulls have to give him a full two hundred twelve million I'm still fine with it again. I don't want to do. I don't really want to do the thing where. I mean, we they didn't want to pay Jimmy and they traded Jimmy and that turned into a disa- mostly a disaster. Uh, just pay the really good player that you have, borderline top twenty guy when he's healthy, and you try to build the better team and tr- you try to build from here instead of. I guess like, if you want to look at the sign and trade route and see what's out there, uh, sure. Obviously, a lot of this depends on wh- if Zach wants where Zach wants to go uh as well if he wants to leave it I mean all signs point to Zach wanting to stay here as long as the Bulls take care of him and I think they should take care of him if like this thing falls apart here in the next couple of years Zach will be what like 20 he's 27 now I think so if he's like 29 still in his prime and you like have and you want to blow things up again or something and you'd have to trade Zach Levine I don't think it's going to like be some again some disaster if you have to trade Zach I still think he should be worth something as long as that need does hold up so
1: Yeah, I'm paying Team Zach. Give him the two hundred twelve million. I think it's a good point about the Jimmy trade. The Bulls traded Jimmy Butler because they did not want to sign him to his next deal. They traded him with two years left on a contract. He was obviously outperforming. And let's be honest, Jace, looking back on it now, Jimmy Butler has earned a max contract every single year since the Bulls traded him, right? He's been phenomenal. No team has had reservations about paying Jimmy Butler. We thought, oh, Tibbs played him too many minutes in his mid-20s. Uh, You know, he's going to age poorly. Well, that didn't happen. Obviously, Zach isn't known for having the same maniacal work ethic that Jimmy has. But Zach does have a pretty good work ethic by all accounts. And he's gotten better every single year.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
4: and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as J.J. does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Yeah, we got uh, Quentin here, Quentin Wetzel, joining us on the pod. What's up, Quentin? How are you feeling about the Bulls right now? Hey, what's up? So I'm I'm curious what you guys think. Um, so going forward, I'm my educated guess is that we keep Booch around uh, at least for the start of the season. Um, but looking looking ahead to you know constructing the roster for the playoffs um, I think we the bulls probably need an option uh, at the five that's that's not vooch um, just for for certain matchups and against the bucks vooch was probably an okay matchup but certain teams uh, can can punish him a little more. Um, so I was wondering if you guys think uh, Pat Williams could become that guy next year or down the road or uh, what do you think? His versatility is in that role. I definitely like the idea of Pat as a small ball five. The thing, though, is he's pretty small. I believe Pat is currently listed at 6'7", 220, with a 6'11 wingspan. Those measurements are a little small for a small ball five. Now, I don't know if they could get this type of guy, but watching the Grizzlies-Wolves series, holy shit, Brandon Clark. I mean, that's what a small ball center in the playoffs looks like. You know the old Draymond quote about 82-game players versus 16-game players? Brandon Clark's a fucking 16-game player. I mean, that dude was a killer last night. And he's someone who in the regular season probably doesn't have as much utility. But when the games really count, putting him in there at the 5 with his athleticism, with his ability to hold up on the glass against bigger players he looked really good so obviously Pat's not as bouncy as someone like Brandon Clark obviously the Grizzlies are probably going to to keep around Brandon Clark though that roster could be getting pretty expensive in the near future someone like that would really be ideal obviously it's an unlikely addition I like the idea of Pat maybe sliding to the five I worry he's a little too small what I want the Bulls to do is try to find another option behind Pat. Like ideally they're like sixth man should be a power forward center type who they could put in, maybe play a little small ball 5, also give you another look if Pat's having a bad night. I think Fad Young would be a pretty good addition even though, you know, you could get into some spacing issues given that he's not a great three-point shooter. If he wants to come back, he is a free agent. I think that would be nice. Mike Mascola could be pretty nice uh fitting into the Bulls Daniel Tice trade exception. Uh, You know, going down the line, I found one other name. Let me look for it. Chris Boucher from the Raptors. Obviously super skinny, but Boucher's long. He can shoot. I don't know if Toronto will let him go. He is a free agent. That's another name I would mention. But, yeah, they need size and shooting. And I think you will see some Pat at small ball five. I really like that. Like, let Pat play the five defensively. I'd like to see him handle the ball a little bit more on offense because I think Pat's worst role is as a catch-and-shoot guy. He's much better playing with the ball in his hands. Obviously, the Bulls sort of needed him to play in, like, a Michael Bridges-style role that I don't really think fits his skill set. Everything about Pat is very fascinating. Moving forward, I do worry he's a bit too small, given that he lacks a seven foot and yeah. uh, to play center. But it's a good thought, and I think we're going to see it next year.
2: Yeah, Quentin, thank you so much for much so much for that question. Uh, also, love the the Illini's stuff that you had on in that picture. Great stuff, great jerseys. Uh, yeah, Pat is the Pat thing is just really interesting because we've talked about wanting to see some Pat at five. Like you looked at like today's game. I mean, Giannis obviously. Giannis bodies everybody but he had zero issue bodying Pat we also saw I think Bobby took him a few times in the post it's kind of funny that Bobby Portis would actually be a really nice player for the Bulls right now as a 4-5 hybrid who can shoot uh be a great great guy for the Bulls to have right now is even though he was kind of a disaster for the Bulls earlier but Pat yeah Pat just needs to get I don't know like some more of that dog in him I feel like that's just like he just like doesn't I said he's got – there is something there with Pat. It was, it's funny you brought up Michael Bridges. was watching Suns Pelicans last night. They are very different players, but just like watching Bridges like wreak havoc like he did and then also what he was doing offensively at the game he had. Obviously, he doesn't do that all the time, but they kind of needed him with Booker out. But just what the impact that he has all over the court defensively. We know he's a really good shooter as well. Uh, so like again Pat and Michael are different guys but I just like thinking like can Pat like have at least that kind of impact in the next few years I have no idea like he had, the size that he is 6'8 220 uh theoretically like a, a great piece for the Bulls to have if he can develop like I said it would be nice to see some more of that dog in him because the fact that he only had like one rebound today like again, he had 23 points today but and it felt like he was mostly invisible like he was taking what the defense was giving him, hitting some open shots, but it just didn't feel like he was doing anything else. And, again, he's 20. He's so young. He missed most of the season. I'm not. We really need to be patient with Pat still. That's why, again, next season is huge for him. So uh, hopefully they do get creative with how they use him, assuming he is around and that they, don't, they don't trade him. Because, I mean, I, I beat this point to death already, that him taking a next step is going to be a huge factor if the Bulls can take a next step next Absolutely. season. Assuming they they're not able to bring
1: in – a superstar caliber player so and i just want to correct myself real quick i was talking about pat lacking the length and the size to play the five well brandon clark i just checked six nine wingspan proportional wingspan he's just uh, bouncy though i mean i feel bouncy. like pat pat sometimes
2: shows it again it's just a matter of him like actually like playing with the force that he likes occasionally shows like it's just not there all the time he's just got it he's got i don't know he's got to find that in him i maybe that's just like not him uh but, like, I mean, you, he, Barron and Clark had seven offensive rebounds in the fourth quarter last night, jumping all over the place. And even, yeah, as a guy who's not even that long, using his athleticism, though, just relentless, just the relentlessness. That's something that we have not seen from Pat, and it would be nice to see him just kind of assert himself more. Again, not even generally offensively. We'd love to see him offensively, but defensively, on the glass, stuff like that. We just haven't seen it enough. Hopefully... That is something that he will get better at moving forward. Like I said, he's still so young, still so much time and so much development left for him, uh, and it's going to be huge. We got Rio up here. Rio, go ahead, man.
3: What's going on, hey, what's Rio? what's up, guys? What's up? Got a couple of things. Um, I saw the, the article. I'm not sure if you guys saw it about uh, the Bulls should go all in and trade for Dane. And I'm not sure about the, the the pieces that were mentioned in the in the supposed deal. I think it was Lonzo, Kobe White, and and Patrick, and I think a, a first or something. And I, I do like Dane, but I think that that would be giving up way too much, and you're you're also going to be in the same position, I think, or probably worse. Then this year, defensively, if you if you did something like that, and another thing is, do you guys think that Mark and AK should be looking more at the the G League, considering you know guys like Alvarado? Like, man, he would be nice if we had somebody like that. Yeah, he's been a menace. yeah
2: for sure uh rio thank you so much for the question good stuff as always man and thank you always for listening uh yeah i'm not sure about what article you're referencing at all dame is obviously uh, a great player he's missed most of the season he is also is he what 32 33 uh like i feel like if you were to whatever trade for dame i feel like you'd have to basically change everything else around them too i don't know dame I don't like if, he, if this was Dame in his prime, that's like a no-brainer thing. But Dame coming off his injury, uh, with some of his question marks, and first of all, I mean, I don't even think the Blazers would do that either. Like, I mean, Dame is like one, arguably their best. He he is Portland. He's arguably like the best player in franchise history. I think they're gonna have to be absolutely blown away unless he actually asks out. He claims he's not gonna ask out. Uh, so like the Bull, a Bulls package of Pat Kobe. I guess if you include Booch in there, like a for like, I don't see why the Blazers would do that either. So like, uh, again, obviously Dame is awesome. Uh, I just, I just don't know if there's really a match there for like either team. I don't know. Rick, what do you think?
1: Yeah. I kind of feel like if you were gonna trade for Lillard, I mean, first of all, what would happen is Lillard would have to say, I want to go to the Bulls." Since right. NBA superstar. Trades yeah. work now, secondly, I don't think you could have Lillard and Levine together. Like that would just right. be too small, too poor defensively. Yeah, I mean, it's, that's 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 Lillard, CJ,
2: all over again. Like I think Zach, a healthy Zach, I think is a little better than CJ, but I mean, it's basically the same thing, very similar. Now maybe you trade Zach. Right, that's what I said. If you were to trade for, if you were to trade for Dame, I think you got to almost change everything else around him except maybe maybe you keep DeMar. I mean but dame and DeMar is, I mean asking for trouble defense it's like I think it would still almost bring a lot of the same issues like if this was like twenty seven year old dame twenty eight year old I think sure no brainer you get that guy and then you you do whatever else around him. dame is again he's see thirty two I'd have to look that up again, but yeah. it, we're not talking
1: about like going into your prime dame at this point. no, we're talking about probably dame on the downside of his career at this point and honestly. I'm rooting for Dame to build a pretty good team there in Portland, but not too good because the Bulls have their lottery protected first round pick uh, that, you know, through 2027, there is probably a scenario where the Blazers don't make the playoffs uh, until 2020. Right. The West is pretty tough. You know, if they don't do it this next season, it's going to be hard for them. And they did not get the like draft pick luck they needed with their moves this year. They totally botched the trade deadline. not getting enough for cj and norm powell so blazers could be in a pretty rough spot uh i don't think dame is going to come to the bulls this year but i do think that you know thinking of how the bulls can actually take the next step does probably require a superstar to pick the bulls so uh it's not a bad thought really we got wesley we got wesley here Wes, what's going on man hey fellas a long time listener perhaps first time caller
2: Um, great vibes this season. Just want to say that again. I'm so happy that we have a team that we can feel comfortable about rooting for again. Um, I have one serious question and one not so serious question. The serious question is even when Lonzo healthy, the Bulls hit a good percentage of three-point shots, but they didn't take a good volume of it. And so the serious question is even with Zach fully healthy, should the offense change to help support, shooting more threes, or is that going to get solved maybe by bringing in a better bench that can hit threes? Um, and then the semi-serious question is,
1: will the name Cash Considerations ever change, or can we ride that off into the sunset? Um, thank you guys uh, for letting me uh, speak. Wesley, well, thank, thank you my so much. Personally, with the franchises secure, they hate me. They will probably always hate me from the things I was writing at the end of the GARPACs era, So, I mean, I don't know if uh, the the team itself is going to like Jason and I more if we change the podcast name (laughs) just because I'm associated with it. Sorry, Jason, for weighing you down like the anchor that I am. In terms of the three-point volume question, I think absolutely lack of three-point volume is one of the biggest problems with the team. To me, the best way to improve that would be to have a power forward who is a more willing and ready spot-up shooter That could mean Patrick Williams growing into that guy. That could mean, you know, another player sort of filling that role for the bulls and being able to give them some more size, some more shooting on the perimeter. You hope Alex Caruso can up his three point volume because what he does defensively is really special. You hope IO grows as a shooter uh, in the same way that you hope Pat grows as a shooter. And then, yeah, they got to add a couple more pieces. I think that, you know, DeRozan's never going to be a shooter. Levine, you do hope he can, you know, up the volume a little bit this year. Levine took quite a few mid-range shots. I don't have the numbers in front of me. He definitely was he's down like, in three-point
2: volume. Hold on. Yeah, he took, I mean, the last two seasons before this one, he took eight threes a game. He was down to 7.1 this season. On
1: so three yeah, Change the offense a little bit. I do think the offense got too stagnant, especially after Lonzo went down. Of uh, A lot of stand and watch DeMar try to bail us out on every half-court possession. Uh, obviously, like DeMar is a very deliberate player, so it's tough to have a lot of ball movement and spacing when he's your focal point because he's not a threat to space the floor from the three-point line. Teams are not going to guard him when he's standing away from the ball, so it's a, it's a tough question the Bulls have to face. They need volume three-point shooting. I mean, man, if Pack could turn into Jay Crowder, even that would be pretty nice, right? I Jay need Crowder,
2: better than Jay Crowder. I feel like Jay Crowder every—Jay Crowder has made, like, one three in these playoffs.
1: Yeah, but Jay Crowder's <laughs> also never seen a three-point attempt just turned down. It's true. Bulls are turning down threes constantly. I remember Jay Crowder, especially in that bubble run for the Heat a couple of years ago, that dude had, like, the ultimate confidence as a shooter. And I don't know, he was probably only hitting 34% of them or something. Yeah but it was good enough to allow Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo enough spacing uh, inside the paint. So yeah, they, they need to address it. I think there could be some schematic changes for sure. I would like to see the offense utilize Zach Levine off the ball a little bit more. I'd like to see them run some plays for their shooters. I thought this year was a lot of isolation ball, a lot of high pick and roll without like dummy actions on the backside to confuse defenses. Uh, and mostly, like, they're going to need to find the shooting in the front court, I think, uh, with with the power forward spot. And, you know, hopefully Vooch can get back to being a 40% three-point shooter.
2: Yeah. The Vooch, I think, I don't think he's ever going to get back to that. That might have been boosted by, like, no fans. That might – that one of the – there. I mean, the three-point shooting around the league last year was, just, like, so, I think, pretty sure really inflated. But if he can be back to – I mean, what did he shoot at this season? Was he, like, 33%? Some, I'm pulling up his numbers. He was only actually he was at 31% that year, this year. I mean he was back after last year. He was at 38.8%. Last year in Orlando was 34 percent. The year before that, 30. I mean, he could be a 34, 35 percent if he's back. That's that's big. Pat definitely needs to up the volume in a big way. Yeah, I mean, we talk about the the volume. The Bulls were one of the best three-point shooting teams in the NBA percentage-wise, but the volume was never there. They did tail way off in the second half, and we kind of just saw why with with no Lonzo, and then obviously no Zach tonight. But and Zach tailed off a bit too as well in the second half of the season because of his injury. I mean, just we just see how many guys on the team they just they have who just can't shoot the ball and you just can't trust them. Uh Rosen aside, again, Chavante was awful tonight. He was 0 for 5. Chavante had seven steals though Looking at this box score, what a goofy ass stat line he had. But Javante, you don't trust him shooting. Io started well, he tapered off. He he passes up too many threes. He still doesn't quite trust his shot yet either. Uh, Derrick Jones Jr. 1 of 5 He's not a good shooter Troy Brown Jr. 2 of 9 He's not hesitant to shoot either But he's also just not very good at shooting Kobe again Kobe the Kobe White thing huge bummer how he has turned out Again, I am assuming that they're going to move on from it. it's kind of funny because like the Bulls need shooting and I we were talking about how they, like, they're they definitely going to move on from Kobe White one of the few guys who does like get up threes and he did shoot a decent percentage this season but he did tail off a ton in the second half of the year he was backed around like 34 35 percent and he was terrible in this series man and today he was 4 of 13 on like basically all wide open shots and that just like I mean, this is a game where he needs to hit seven or eight of those, and just like, you're all wide open. They're giving you these wide open shots, and he just, again, Kobe's just never found that consistency, and he's got and he gets hunted on defense. So many issues. I, yeah, there was one play that, that really pissed me off with Kobe, where I think Javon Carter was driving at the end of the shot clock. Kobe just totally lost Pat Connaughton, darted to the corner, wide open three at the end of the clock, and that just it happens too often. Kobe is just not. It's not hasn't been good enough, just hasn't really developed as we'd really hoped. And, and that goes back to the draft pick, Bulls draft picks, just not panning out. And Like if Kobe's back, like fine, give him another chance as a ninth, tenth guy. But uh, I just I just don't know. I just don't really see it with him. Uh, Rio did have a, another comment here in the, in the questions. Do you think Mark and AK will look harder at the G League considering the, how many players broke out? You mentioned Jose Alvarado. Obviously, he's been awesome for the Pelicans as their spark plug. Uh, I mean, the Bulls had a few guys that they kind of cycled through that looked okay, but really nothing nothing that really stuck. We'll see what happens with Marko Simonovic. Uh, the Bulls used him in the G League basically all season. He didn't play any meaningful minutes for the Bulls, despite having a guaranteed contract. I hammered that all season. Why did they give him a guaranteed contract? There's, the, I know there's the whole thing with like Jokic that he shares an agent with. Jokic, was that like purely a favor to try to – for a Jokic play down the road because using a guaranteed contract and a guy who can't play, I know like whatever they use it as, like, as a G league, basically a season for him, but why wasn't he on a two way deal? Uh, they'll have to go, uh, do better on the margins for sure. They, they can find a diamond in the rough in the G league. Like Tyler Cook gave some okay minutes. Uh, they had Devon Dotson, but he really can't really shoot either. I know he's played really well in the G league. So it would be huge to find a guy like that who can play. I mean, the Pelicans are playing three rookies in the rotation with, alvarado uh herb jones and trey murphy like if the bulls could find a young a diamond in the rough like that from the g league that'd be huge but that is tough uh you got to do great scouting on that sometimes you got to get lucky i know steph no brought this up a couple of days ago and i was tweeting about this just watching the heat local guy max struce the bulls had max Struess a couple of years ago and then he tore his acl joined the heat He might have been with someone else before that. Now Max Shue has taken Duncan Robinson's spot and and has been a really good player for a team that is the number one seed. He's a good shooter. I think his defense has gotten a little better. And like, if the Bulls could get someone like that or Jose Alvarado, that'd be huge. But uh, that's obviously tough. You got to really nail your scouting, and again, sometimes luck plays into that as well. All
1: right, Jace. Does anyone else want to come up? There was someone did request. Minutes.
2: Someone did request to uh, come up, but it looks like they ditched. Whoever that was, sorry. Uh, you could, If you want to request again, I'll let you on here. We are
1: going to probably wrap it up here pretty soon. Uh, I, I got one more comment here, Jace. Yeah. So, yeah, we have been pretty positive on this podcast because the Bulls made – a substantial improvement in their win total. They went from being the worst team in the league over the last four years in terms of wins and losses to, you know, being the top seed in the East for 70% of the season. That's why I'm positive. Now, Jace, if they lose in the first round again next year and they lose, you know, in five games again or something, even if they lose in six, maybe even if they lose in seven, we're not going to be happy next year. And I think that, you know, it's unreasonable to expect them to go from horrible to like legitimate championship contender where they're winning multiple playoff series or even one playoff series. And the East looks loaded as hell. Like they're gonna. Yeah, have to it's pass it gonna be bad. tough, dude, man. Boston. Billy Billy oh,
2: Donovan dude. literally just said this. They're like they're gonna have to work even harder to get even back to this spot, and then obviously to get even better. Because I mean, I mentioned all the teams that are left. uh But I mean, and then you still got the Raptors, the Hawks that are down here but I mean, they could be be back and be better. Uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's it's going to be tough. Like the Bulls. Just got DeMar DeRozan's career season. Is he going to do that again? I mean, I think his game for like the regular season, at least should age decently well because he's such his fundamentals are so great. The footwork is great. It's not like he's really relying on like athleticism or anything, but can he match what he just did? I mean, that's a lot. You, you hope for better health to happen for sure. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the East is East is, I mean, Brooklyn, Brooklyn just had a just a completely fucked up season. Who knows what's going to, I mean, you would assume that. If they add some pieces that they'll be back, they'll be better. The Cavs looked awesome before. Uh, they, they, I mean, they were derailed by injuries as well. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be tough, man, for sure.
1: It's going to be tough. But, I mean, the other route of being dog shit and praying for lottery luck, throwing away seasons, like that sucks too. So there's no super easy way to build a contender. The, what, The way the Bulls are really hoping to take that next step, Chase, I've said it a couple times on this podcast, is a superstar somewhere else in the league. Looking at what the Bulls are building and saying, I want to be part of that. Yep. Similar to, you know, James Harden, who I don't know if he deserves superstar status anymore, quite frankly. After he looks the like shit. Season. But what he did this year, basically choosing to go to Philly. So, yeah, Bulls are going to need to do that. Uh, it's tough, dude. It's going to be a tough road to sled in the East. But I will say, for the first time since probably 2015, watching the Bulls was fun this year. And I don't think that's nothing. Like, People will call the Bulls spot, sixth in the Eastern Conference, losing in five games in the first round. People will call that NBA hell or the treadmill of mediocrity. To me, NBA hell is picking seven in the lottery every year, not being worth watching in the regular season whatsoever, not having any hope. The most important day of the season is the day the lottery is drawn, where you hope that they can jump up in the order and then you hope that there is a player who is so obviously a great talent that they couldn't possibly screw it up uh, you know an Anthony Davis level prospect Luca the, the bulls level. the when the bulls pass on Luca yeah
2: the, the bulls had so, a chance to tank they they fucked up their tank when they did not they started 3 and 20 after they traded Jimmy they should have tanked all out for Luca they fucked that up and it ruined everything but now after all this gar- garbage basketball Feel like them going for it and throwing their big market weight around. Like you don't have to. Like it's a big market. You shouldn't have to tank to get like to become a great team. Throw your big weight around. Put your money where your mouth is. The ownership's got to spend money when they have to do it. Pay the luxury tax. Do all that shit and prove to get other superstars that, you, that the Bulls should be a place you should come play uh, and win titles again. I mean, they're obviously the Bulls have. They were a globe They're a global – Global brand with Michael Jordan, six championships, and it's been so long where they, they've acted more as, like, a mom-and-pop. I mean, they acted like a mom-and-pop shop with fucking Jordan sometimes, as as we all know. But, like, throw your damn weight around. Uh, I don't know if Jerry Reinsdorf would ever do that, uh, Jerry and Michael Reinsdorf. But, uh from where they are, that's I, I have no issues with them with them going taking this path, trying to become relevant, trying to become attractive to other stars. Like I said, huge market. They should be an attractive team to play for. I know it's in cold weather, not quite Miami or LA, but still, like should, people should want to play in Chicago. Hopefully, this has helped uh, their status around the league, um, for sure. I or I would hope like at least. I would hope at least. We'll see. We'll see if that's true. And you talk about the NBA health thing as well. Like, I feel like if you, again, like kind of like you mentioned, if this happens again next year where they're, where they get whatever, six, seven, eight, you lose in the first round. When, when you start getting on the treadmill of mediocrity, that's like a couple, like first round exits in a row. I think that's where it is brutal. But from where they've been to get here, for one season, you will accept that for sure. It's If that does keep going, you can't get past that first round. I mean, you can't make any deep playoff runs a few years in a row. That I would definitely also consider NBA hell, just like the Bulls were also in when okay. they were picking like 7 to 10 or whatever and just winning like 30 games. That's awful. So like that's not the place you want to be. The Bulls got to a decent place so far this year now they got to take that next step and it's gonna be fascinating to see how they do it
1: so what you want as a fan jason is simply hope and for a while this year the bulls had real hope when lonzo and caruso were just tearing apart the league defensively i think it was really a smart bit of work by karnashovis to identify that, yo, when you got two absolutely, like, all defensive level guys on the perimeter who could guard a variety of assignments, that's kind of a cheat code in the NBA. When you got two dudes with a, at least a little bit of size who can do that. So, excited to see those guys back. They worked so well together. Like, for as great as Caruso was, uh, at times in this Buck series, like, the peak Caruso was when Caruso was working off Lonzo, to be honest. Yeah. They thrived off each other I'm very excited to get those guys back I hope they can fucking stay healthy For sure, I'm a little worried that like Caruso Just is right. too hard To be in a 30 minute a game role And play, eight, like it's unreasonable To expect him to play that hard and play every game If you're playing in 30 minutes I worry about that for sure Lonzo has a history of injuries uh, But in general, dude I think the Bulls gave us some hope this year And so I am satisfied with that Yes, they went out sad against the Bucks. when we did have a flicker of hope after the Game 2 victory. The Bucs just absolutely flexed on the Bulls. They proved that the Bulls are nowhere near their caliber. But, I mean, the Bucs are fucking awesome. Giannis is the best player in the world, in my opinion. They won the title last year. Uh, and, honestly, they looked better without Chris Middleton. The <laughs> offense was more simplified. It was Giannis' driving kick, and the Bulls had no chance to stop that as long as the Milwaukee shooters kept hitting shots. So, uh, that's just k- kind of my little bow on the playoff run and on the season, Jace. Uh, you can take it from here. You can sign out. Uh, oh, hey, I, just before we wrap up here, real quick, who do you think, who, Bucks Celtics, who you got? Love it. Great question. I just texted this to one of my big group chats I'm in, asked for predictions from everyone. My prediction was because it seems like Middleton may miss the entire series or, you know, at least the start of the series for sure he's going to miss. I'm thinking Celtics in six. Now, I do think the Bucs have the best player in the series, despite how good Jason Tatum has been. Giannis is my pick. Tatum's close. He's getting
2: work. he's getting there. He's he's really I mean, damn good.
1: He's really damn good, but is he getting there compared is he getting there to Giannis level? Maybe he is.
2: I mean he's not on Giannis' level, but he's getting I mean, he just outplayed Kevin you know, Durant pretty I mean yeah. it's just I've become kind of Celtics pilled, unfortunately. It just fucking pains me because but I almost, hate the Celtics. I'm going Celtics 6
1: I'm going Celtics and six. What yeah,
2: you saying, I'm leaning towards Boston. Well, they have been – and I was trying to tell people this like a month or two ago, uh, and I'm I, I think a Boston lot of people East. have just kind of been late East. to the Boston thing. They've been the best team in the NBA for two or three months. Uh, they're, they're incredible on both ends of the court. We saw them just – Frustrate the hell out of KD and Kyrie. I know the Net, that Nets team was just kind of a fucking joke. But uh, like, still, so, mean, that's KD and Kyrie. And I, a lot of people thought that those good dudes in a series could still kind of drag that team to whatever. Not against Boston. They handled them. You win four games. They sweep them away. They've just been so damn good on both ends. And Tatum has taken that leap. Again, yeah, not to Giannis level, but into that top 10-ish player level this season. Jalen Brown's been incredible. They got the defensive player of the year. Uh, they got Robert Williams back. So unlucky. The Bulls, they, the Bulls lost Lonzo Ball for what, I what three months since his meniscus tear, and Rob Williams came back in three fucking weeks. Unbelievable. But He's a Defensive Player of the Year caliber player. Al Horford looks like he's Drake from the founding the Youth. There and they got Daniel Tice back. Uh, Derek White can't for miss.
1: Them. Go ahead. Derek White's been good for them. Yeah, like, Derek they White, the too- connective tissue that the Bulls lacked. They have a better star than the Bulls. They have a more reliable defense than the Bulls. So I'm going to go Boston in seven. I would not be fucking surprised if Giannis did it. Right. And if Giannis was just like, listen, I'm the baddest dude on the planet. Milwaukee's toughest series last year, man, was in the second round against Brooklyn. Uh, And I think that it could be a similar case again this year. Boston's going to be their toughest series. I'm going Boston in seven. But I would not be surprised if Giannis did
2: it. Yeah, the Giannis versus what the Celtics are going to throw at him is going to be fascinating. And we will see how much they let Giannis get away with because they certainly let him get away with a lot in this Bull series. He's a two-time MVP and defending champ. I kind of get why they do it. There were some very egregious mischarge calls in today's game and throughout the series. But uh, the Celtics are a super physical defense as well. They have a ton of guys that they're going to throw, him, throw at him. I'm sure they'll build the wall. So how that series goes and how they defend Giannis and how they officiate Giannis in that series is going to be absolutely fascinating for me to watch. It's going to, it should be an Al, awesome series.
1: You get Al Horford like pretty much specifically for this matchup, just knowing that you're going to need to build a wall against Giannis, yep. have guys who can play physically, who can not get steamrolled <laughs> by him. And yeah, People who follow me on Twitter will notice I did not complain about the Giannis steamrolling one time in this series, even though for sure like it was frustrating to watch as a Bulls fan because that's just the way NBA basketball goes. Jordan got similar benefits of calls during his heyday. So my hope is that the refs let Giannis keep running through these suckers. And, uh, you know, hopefully Giannis can finish off the Celtics because I hate the Celtics. I've been a Celtics hater my whole life. Bulls and Six forever. Uh, I hope they can bury Boston in this series. That would be beautiful to watch. Grace and allen Ricky, Ricky shit, have you I'm have always- you
2: watched Have you watched Winning Time? No. Oh, okay, well, there's there's like a whole. I don't want to spoil. it. There's like a whole episode that's basically the entire like ethos of it is fuck Boston, and it's really hilarious. And that has been like we've that we've been that the entire time. Fuck Boston. Fuck the Celtics. But like they've just been so good, uh, and I, I I've become a believer in them. And I but I'm a huge Giannis fan uh the bucks are really good too the middleton thing will be interesting to see it sounds like he might be out a little longer than expected drew Holiday's gonna have to be huge drew had drew is obviously awesome but drew also had like a really weird se- kind of a weird series against the bulls he was kind of bad in all three games at home but he completely kicked the bulls ass in chicago and is obviously a great defensive player if middleton is out they're gonna need drew to not be like botching layups and committing bad turnovers. so uh and we'll see if their role guys can keep hitting threes like they did against the Bulls, because they're going to need them against Boston. For, it's going to be a heavyweight series. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch. So. I got nothing else here, though, Ricky. Are you good to wrap it up here? good. Let's
1: wrap it up, man. Thank All you, right. to everyone, for listening to us this season. I want to say that. Yeah. Uh, don't take it for granted whatsoever. I know there's a ton of Bulls podcasts out there, and you guys have a bunch of different options to listen to people talk about the Bulls with your precious time. So the people who have listened to our show – Thank you so much. We really appreciate it. And we're going to try to get better every year.
2: Yep. I echo that. ricky said as well thank you so much everybody, for listening thank you everybody, for commenting thank you for everybody who came up here and talked as well we love interacting with you guys it always it's always more fun when we get to talk to you guys it's not just us blabbering on about bullshit it was nice to have a lot more fun to talk about this season even if the back half of the year wasn't great hopefully that they can build on it Off season is always fun to talk about as well with player movement we'll see what the bulls can add so hopefully we get some exciting stuff to talk about this offseason As always, shout out to the Blue Iron Network. This podcast will be up on our feed later tonight sometime or tomorrow morning. Not totally sure, but it'll be up there. So if you came in you've missed some of this want to go back and listen, go check that out here as well. Uh, And as always, give us those five-star ratings on our podcast. It helps us out. So thank you, everybody, again for a great whole season. It was a lot of fun. We all appreciate you guys listening, and we will talk to you guys next time.
4: Access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealingcom blue to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydehealing.comslash blue wire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website